0: This is Giants Amongst Us Welcome to the show Where you're always going to hear Real stories told by real people Today we'll be joined by Jake Coming from the UK and he's got a story to tell. The conversation that we had, it had a lot of different tones with various colors. And it went on for over an hour. And for me personally, I enjoyed every bit of it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to add some timestamps in the description box. And I think that's what I'm going to start doing from here on out. Jake talks about growing up in a household that was likened to a battlefield. To hear the crying, the thumps, and the pain of his young mother being beaten by his stepfather daily for years. How that affected him. His feeling of being helpless, hopeless, and the anger and rage that became a part of him because of it. But fortunately for Jake, after years of the trauma, of the abuse hurt and the pain, and his efforts of trying to numb it all through violence and with other unhealthy habits. There was an awakening. It was in the woods with friends and on LSD where his moment of clarity came to be. Jake explains how that was the start of him discovering and finding his peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jake in his story. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are joined by Jake and he's got a story to tell. I want to thank you very much for putting some time aside today to share your piece with us. Thank
1: you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It's a a great honor. So how's, um, how's it going and where are you from originally? So I'm from the UK, from a small place called chesterfield um, okay we're, we're in the we're in the midst of coming up to summer now so we're looking better <laughs> things are going to get better
0: so uh, so so are the clouds cracking a little bit and the sun is shining yeah yeah beginning to shine finally finally <laughs> <laughs> the long way I, I know what you mean i feel you i feel your pain bro <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit of you you don't mind sharing with us uh, some of your upbringing and how it was for you growing up yeah
1: so I, I grew up with basically an abusive very abusive stepdad um, never knowing my real father I, I, I would I would dare say he's actually a psychopath that's undiagnosed to be honest um, because the lack of emotional um not if that's the right word um the lack of empathy or the lack of understanding of the impacts these things have on people um definitely plays a big part in my in my development anyway in understanding my own mind you said you said something interesting when we were
0: offline and um you you came into this world and your mother was very young when she had you wasn't she yeah, she was
1: only fifteen when she had me. So she
0: was still a baby yeah. in a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can? So in a sense, she's still growing up as she's trying to grow someone grow another child. You know what I mean? It's
0: now. How old was your I your combined... biological
1: father? Was he the same age? Yeah, I I I, I don't I know nothing about oh, him. Oh,
0: you know nothing about
1: him? I know, I know nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's a complete mystery. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was another thing to overcome.
0: I remember in school, there was, there was a few, when I was about 14, 15, I do remember there was some, some girls at that time and they were pregnant and oh man, it was, it it was something that I wouldn't say it was, it was common, but it wasn't strange to see that. And I mean, that, that's like babies bringing babies into the world. So were you living with,
1: yeah. with your grandparents or no, uh, so yeah, so my mum was still living with my grandparents when I was born, um, and then about two weeks after, I think something around those lines. That's when she'd moved out with uh, her new partner, who is actually the dad to my brother and sister as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we pretty much moved in with them. We moved in with him when I was about two weeks old, so he was there pretty much from the beginning. You mind talking about? Uh, a little bit about how that was for you growing up yeah so uh, every day was just a day of battle essentially because he was almost like I don't know if bipolar is the right word but he could he could, he could switch very quick so you never the thing is as a kid as well you are always left on the edge it's like you, you develop this sense of hyper vigilance because you've got to be very aware is he gonna snap like you don't know when he's going to snap. So as a kid, you start to develop this sense of sense in the room. And I think that's where true empathy comes from. It comes from pain because we have to understand how to read a room in order to know how we can respond because we don't know what the situation is going to be. So, it's like a
0: survival tactic in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a survival instinct
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you, you, you've got to know what to do. Um, and as well, when he was, when, this is it's a lack of understanding because they thought that what he thought that what he was doing was not going to have an impact on, on, on me, like even hearing it, even just hearing it. Um, you know, you know exactly what's going off. It doesn't matter how old you are when there's screaming going off and you can hear the actual physical hits getting hit. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, You know exactly what's happening. Kids aren't stupid, man.
0: No, you're talking about that. The, um, physical abuse with uh, yeah. your mother's partner and her. So he was beating on her, was that?
1: He Yeah, he was beating her. Oh, um, Like daily, daily. And they stayed together for 12 years. Wow. So this went on for 12, 12 years, yeah. So it was massive, big, well, about 12, 11 years, big part of my life, to be honest, uh, just growing up in that scenario. Um, Were there... Was
0: were there drugs involved or what he he was just in he, he just had issues
1: um I mean I was probably too young yeah I was too young at the time to probably understand if there was drugs involved but as I got older I did find out he was taking things like um uh, you don't know, I don't know if you know what tramadol is but I don't know if it's like some kind of opioid or something like that it's it's a strong strong painkiller that's something that he uses quite a lot and I don't know if like I said, I never really spoke to him about that kind of, yeah, that kind of stuff. But I think, to be honest, um, from the story I heard, he he grew up in a similar scenario, and he must have just assumed that that was the way he did things. Like I believe that there's two types of people: you either grow up in that scenario and you copy what you've learned, or you grow up learning that that's exactly what you shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. depending on the the way you look at it. And for some people, it's not easy. They just think that's the way it is, and this it all to me as well. This were a big part of the healing, which is understanding that even though these people have done these things, they're an outcome of what they've been through. What have they been through that's made them that way? And when you find out that story, you find out well, they're that way because of this person. So you can just keep following the chain all the way along, and there's never really anyone to blame at the end. Yeah, Do you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, it's an outcome I of their do. mind. It's the outcome of the, the events that they went through in life. It's an outcome of the things they learn, the beliefs that they have. If they didn't think it was right, they wouldn't do it.
0: Right, exactly. And this carried on pretty much all through your young childhood. So this, I know for a fact, affected your school life and childhood. I mean, you like you were saying, um, yeah. offline, you had to grow up real fast.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I remember I was quite. I was a quiet kid. I did. I did a take on part of his. Because not everything he taught me, not not everything was was bad. Because when he was when he was good, he was good. This is what was confusing. Because when he wanted to be a good dad, he could, he could be there and he could be a good dad. But then, in then ten seconds later, you hate him and you despise him because of what he's doing. And he play these mind games. And you go in school. It was like. It was bizarre because none of these kids you just couldn't i couldn't imagine that anyone else was living like this. I just knew even at that age um there there was no way they was going through stuff like this um there were days where mm-hmm. i'd leave there was one event in particular we were just about to leave for school. my mum was working nights and he he literally he rang my mum I heard him on the phone and he said, You can get ready when you come in you you 're gone you're gone and I knew, and I was going to school. So I knew what was going to go off before I even left school. And I was sat thinking all day, oh God, what am I going to go home to? And then just as we were about to leave school, uh, the teacher come in, mm-hmm. well, one of the office staff come in and said, oh, um, your mum's rang. You're going to have to walk home on your own today. Well, me and my brother, you're going to have to walk home on your own today. Um, there's been something come up they can't get, they can't get up to pick you up. And I knew instantly, I knew instantly that obviously what I'd heard that morning. Do you know what I mean? So. I knew what I was going back to, and then I got back. But this displays the kind of mind games he'd play because when I got back, he'd be like, oh, look, your mum don't want you. She's leaving. She, yeah. she she hates your kids. She don't want you. Do you know what I'm saying? He were like using her as a weapon against us and using us as a ge- weapon against her. And he was claiming that she was the one that wanted to leave and that she was the one that didn't want us. But I'd heard that morning that it was him that was initiating it before she'd even got back.
0: Now you you mentioned that he would beat your beat your mother every day. Was he also putting his
1: hands on on you and your uh, your siblings? Not as much, not as much, but when he did punish, he'd punish you. Um, so I think I was about. There was very heavy smokers as well, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in the house. I think when I was about, yeah, yeah, in the house when I was about eight, that's when I first started smoking, and they was there was a lot of cigarettes in the house, and I I used to have about ten a day at about eight year old. Um believe so that was easy access for you. It, it was easy access. And I didn't understand at the time why I was doing it, but it was relieving stress because there was, I didn't know where, I didn't know where to put it. What, what, where do you put all this anger as a child? Do you know what I'm saying? There's nowhere to, I can't go down there and do anything because then it's going to be me on the receiving end. As a grown man. How can, how can like an eight year old child do anything? You, you can't. So um, I started getting violent at school. I was getting into fights all the time and it was purely just to let go, let go of the anger that I had built up. Yeah. So yeah, I got into a lot of fights.
0: And there was no other family like outside of say your, your, your mother's parents or anybody that would try to come in and, and
1: oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know, mediator or, or in a sense they would see what's going no, because- on here. Things don't look. Things don't look too The great. situation was that twisted. This is what I'm saying. He was very clever. So that's why I learned a lot about mental, mental Psychological abuse. Psychological warfare, huh? Yeah. Yeah, literally. he dro- That's more That's more dangerous than physical, I think, to be honest, because he dragged her down and down and down and down to the point that she'd protect him, she'd lie to her family to protect him, even though he'd do all these things to her and i had to sit there and sort of be like well what what can i do if you're not even going to defend yourself how can i defend you like you're lying to your family like i want i want you out of this situation but you keep defending him and going back to that same scenario yeah so it was very confusing for me as a kid I'm, i couldn't understand why would you why would you stay there but now as i've got older i understand now it was the mental abuse that played the biggest part over time and even even to this day Years years later, still affects her. Still affects her today. And it's going to. Like he used to get to the point where she'd it ne- should be on death's door. Um it'd stomp her, strangle her, to oh, the point of um yeah. and she's told me she's told me some of the stories as well, like um one time it, it strangled her to the point where she was just about to pass out from from, you know, the lack of oxygen. I don't know if she'd have died or what. And right. he, he was he knew just by the look of her eyes. And just as she got to that point he let go. Oh wow. That's yeah, that that's that those are those torture tactics so tactic like, about could, in the, the Yeah. So this is what this is Man. what could this is what could happen to you. Yeah. So it's I think to be honest, she was it was probably a mix of being scared to leave and what would happen to us kids. Like, you know what I mean like and if you're living in that daily, your mindset's not gonna be right, is it? No, no. You're not gonna make the best decisions, you're not gonna you're not going to do what's best for your kid. You're not. You're just going to do what you thinks right, and that's very clouded when you're going through that. Throughout all
0: of those, um, those beatings, was it was it you hearing it, or you would actually see see him doing it as well?
1: So he used to do it in front of me up until like I got to an age where I started talking. I think because then I could start. I'd say things, and I think he thought that. A lot of people think that, oh, the kids, they won't remember. They won't remember this and they won't remember that. But in those kind of events, that will stick with a child because these are like the foundational years, the the building up on those first five years of your life, the, the building your character for who you're going to be forever. Like they're the foundational blocks. That's where you, even though you're not speaking, you're learning how to communicate. You're learning how to interact with people in the world. You're learning how to, do you know what I'm saying? The very impactful years. And this is what I was growing up yeah. in. And even from a young age, I knew that this just wasn't right. It never felt that this was normal. It ne- it never, ever felt like that. So... That
0: reminds me of a... There was there was an old saying, and this is coming from... Um, I can't really remember the source, but it's having to do with give me the first five years of a child, and I pretty much will would, would have molded this person you know years later yeah and that's, but that's we all like you said we really have a like a, even me I, I i thought that for the longest and i know a lot of people probably have thought thought the same thing just like you mentioned you 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 can do things you, even from the the words that you're saying whatever it is your actions and you they, oh they don't they don't understand yet they don't they they're not picking
1: it up but like
0: you said i mean you you were talking about you had memories from when you were months
1: old yeah um that that all so the start for a while it was like my mind this is how powerful his mind is um the mind blocks out these painful events and these painful memories in order to protect itself but when it does that it makes it part of your unconscious mind so it makes it these things that run in the background even though you might not think that you're dealing with that anymore, you are dealing with it every single day and it will impact every decision you make, every thought you make, every, do you know what I'm saying? If, if there's in a
0: subconscious in a, level, yeah. it's there with you
1: in, in, in a subconscious level, it's there. And it wasn't until I was open enough and ready in, in, in order to sit with myself and say, right, well, what is going on? And when, and when I did that and I took the time to understand myself, that's when the flashback started happening and then um, the earliest one was like eight months and I weren't sure if I was just imagining it it was like some kind of subconscious fear being projected in a in a thought of anxiety I'm not sure but then um, I remember my mum being strangled right in front of me and I remember I remember it's not very verbal but I remember the context of how I felt and it was I was very I was helpless and watching how helpless my mum was and you just laid there. All you can do is watch. So it's like you're being forced to be to be watching this thing. Do you know what I'm saying? You're you're forced to watch this oh, this event, wow. and th- those things stick with you. And you said you were you were about eight months old when you wait well, yeah when this when this happened yeah. Oh, and I, I I did check with my mom mm-hmm. um, the day after. I told her about this flashback I had, and she goes, she said I can't believe you'd remembered that. So it, it it happened the way that I explained it to her as well.
0: Wow, and these these started to come about once you started. You said to uh, make time, and was this through this was through meditation, or you were you were doing things to kind of work on work on yourself internally?
1: Yes. So um, I was very very aware as a kid. Um, then I got to my teen years, and then I started spiraling. I started like this was before I understood much of this stuff and how it would affect you. I started getting involved in the wrong crowds. I started getting involved drugs, um, even from a young age, um, fights. I was like in a lot of fights. I was just letting all this aggression just start to flow out of me. It was never towards women though. That was one thing that I, I would, I would just not stand for. And I was also the bully of bullies. Um, that's what I used to be like if I was, if I was to see that kind of scenario outside even my house. So like, let's say I see, I didn't even have to be friends with the person, but if I could see that someone was picking on someone else, they'd be the, I, I'd, I'd then fight that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'd stick up for people I didn't even know, but just because I couldn't stand to see what was going off. You were disgusted by that. Yeah. I was disgusted by it and I would do some, I'd do violent things to them to like well, well this is what you're doing so you're gonna get it back yeah that's like, like wait, it's, yeah, not, it's was, not
0: fun when the rabbit has the gun
1: yeah yeah and that's sort of <laughs> what i used to be like uh <laughs> i would like the um, i was like the karma dealer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so but then karma that, the that pretty much but karma Go got ahead. me in the end karma got me in the end <laughs> yeah,
0: it always does uh, doesn't
1: it you can't yeah, get away from yeah. it <laughs> No, you can't get away from it. I would—I don't know—is it
0: safe to say it was free range while you were while you were um in school? There wasn't really too much supervision, or you didn't have to worry about say you come home and and if uh, you had whether it's bad grades or fights or anything like that, and a and notice like, "Hey, Jake isn't doing too good in school," but yeah. I don't know if your 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 mother or your mother's partner were yeah, too not, involved in that.
1: Not, none of that stuff mattered to me because there was, to me, there were much more bigger things that were happening in the world. Like, do you know what I'm saying? For me, I grew up to learn how to survive through hard situations. So to me, these school exams didn't see, I I couldn't see how that was even remotely important compared to what I was having to deal with when I got home. How can I, how can I sit and concentrate in a class when all I can think about is what am I going to go home to? What I seen last night, what I heard last night, what, Right you know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. None of that stuff could even come close to even being important compared to just getting through the day. And uh, I never, I never paid much attention to stuff like that. And it wasn't until I got towards the end, I sort of thought maybe I need to try a little bit. And I, I come out with some all right grades. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but a lot more than what they predicted to get. I was predicted to get.
0: How were your um, brother and sister coping with it? Were they, were they going through their own struggles?
1: So, yeah, so it, th- they almost seemed to, like, not really... Re- we didn't really speak about it too much in a weird way, not until we got older. Um, It wasn't until I moved out then it all hit me. Um, that So the, a pivotal moment was when I was about 16. I met my partner, who I'm with now. We, I think we've been together nine years now. And when I met her, yeah, yeah, when I met her, um, we were complete opposites. So obviously, I was a bit more of a bad boy, um, involved in fights, drugs, and she was the good girl, <laughs> good grades, good friends, good family. Never really been around anything kind kind of like this. But for some mm-hmm. reason, we just we were just like a magnetic force. They say opposite attract. They say opposites attract, and she was beneficial. She was she like in a way she saved me, because when when I, when I first went to her house and met her parents, I couldn't believe how they Complete lived. Complete opposite, right? It, you know, I'm, it, I couldn't believe that this... Yeah, I couldn't... That's, that's what started it all for me because I was like, people grew up like this. Like, this is what some people grew up like. Like, this is crazy. And I couldn't believe the silence. The silence was so loud when you're used to just a noisy household and you're used to all these... I could hear every tiny little bang. That's how quiet it was. Well, that's what it felt like to me anyway. I was yeah. like, wow, <laughs> this, is, I mean, this is strange.
0: coming from where it sounds like it was a
1: battlefield every day. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a war ground, a war, uh, warfare. And then that's, that's when the depression really come full force. It, that's when it crept up like a train, it just crept up and it hit me like a train because all these years of just, because obviously I developed such like mental blocks, if that's the right word. I'd be- I'd develop these mental mm-hmm. coping mechanisms. I develop like you know what I'm saying develop these blocks, these walls that could protect me from all this pain and hurt that I went through. Um, I'd built these walls up around it in order to not feel it anymore. But that's that's quite dangerous because when that wall broke down, that's when I just I just. Especially with men, like if, if, if I would, if, even if someone spoke to me a little bit funny, that like it didn't take much. If, if I could feel someone was disrespecting me and it didn't take much, I'm like, well, what gives you the right? And that anger would just slip out. Oh, you'd snap. But then, yeah, I'd snap very quick. It didn't take much. I didn't, I never, I'd never argue. I I'd never seen, um, do you know when people bicker before it right, gets to a right. fight? There, there were none of that for me. It was just straight to fight mode. So, when, when I'm, when I stopped directing it outwardly and I started to settle down, that's when it all started to just pile on top. And I had, I realized the mountain I had to, that I had to get, that well, to deal with.
0: So that, that's pretty, that was pretty much all of the undealt with trauma.
1: Yeah. And it finally just. Whoosh. Yeah. It come over, it just washed over. Um. And it, it was intense, very, very intense. Um, and you
0: said you were did, about sp- 16,
1: 17 when that happened? Yeah. So it didn't really fully come on until I'd say I was about 18, 18, 19. That's when it really piled on and I deteriorated really quick. It, it In the space of a year, I'd gone from seeming like the happiest guy to just suicidal every single day every single day it was just every thought was just just the only way out of this is to, is the way out like yeah. I can't I couldn't I couldn't see for, I couldn't see for the life of me how I'd even get out of that um went to doctors it was and especially when I went to the doctors and they told me I'd got depression I was like what it went until they really said it they it hit and um, they put me on meds they made me worse and there was a point I was like because cause I, 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 I was raised to be strong, if that made sense. I was yeah, seeing these tablets yeah. as almost like, this is weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm having to depend on this, on these tablets in order to make me feel all right when I'm not. And all these tablets are doing is just it's just blocking me again. That's what's put me in this predicament in the first place. They just blocked the pain. They didn't fix the pain.
0: It's not getting to the root or the source no. of what's causing it.
1: Yeah. And I've always been one of those people... It, Uh, that I have got to figure out how it works. I've got to understand it. And no no matter how long it takes, I will figure it out. Even if it seems impossible, there's got to be a way. And I'm glad I was like that because it's made me, it's gave me the understanding that I have now. Because in order to know extreme pleasure, well, in order to know extreme joy, you've got to know what extreme pain is. I think you've got to have felt both equally. The, the amount of joy you can feel is equal to the amount of pain that you've felt. So the pain was that immense that when I did finally actually come out on that other side, my joy for life was just immense as well because then I appreciated just every tiny little part, every little aspect of life, just waking up in the morning. That's a gift in itself. True. Yeah. Some people go to sleep and they don't wake up this morning. That, yeah, That's a you know fact. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Now, I'm just curious. Um, in, in your situation, when it was, when it was having to do with you, because you said you did speak with therapists, uh, you did speak with a few therapists. Now, I wonder, was were they quick to put you on the meds, or at first were they trying to kind of, you know, work some things out with you and to help you find the, the tools no, or the uh, resources to um, work through your trauma? The
1: very first. The very first time I met him, that's when I I put I got put on meds straight away, straight away, straight on meds. Oh, right out the gate. Right out the gate, and there were no no real support. There was like, at the time as well, there was like, oh, you can go to these, uh... and at the time as well, I thought there's no way this stuff's gonna work. Like that's what I used to think as well. I was like, you know, I was like, I was talking to someone about these, like I've got to face these problems in order to. That's the way I seen it. Like I thought I had to deal with everything on my own. Like I, I thats just the way I grew up. I had to deal with all that pain on me, and so I'm not going to rely and rely on anyone else other than myself to fix this problem. That's the way I sort of seen it.
0: When you—you know—you that was pretty much how you are. Like
1: I'm—I'm going to do this on my
0: own. I'm going to figure it out now. Were you already taking it taking it upon yourself to um, look look for whether it was books or things online or any kind of information or sources you can find to help you out with that
1: yeah so there was there was a defining moment that started that trajectory for me um so what it was for a while i was just using i was using cannabis instead of the meds because the cannabis opened me up in order to see myself a bit clearer because it gave it let me get out of my own head for a bit and i could look at myself objectively if that makes sense when you're so used to being wrapped up in your own head your own thoughts the the cannabis actually gave me space to to look at myself a little bit in a different way and I could understand and see the processes happening and then as soon as the as soon as it wore off yeah. I was back in it again so I, I wasn't really and then I, I was one of, I, I'd smoked cannabis and stuff but I, I could have never imagined that I would have took LSD um, but at the time I was suicidal anyway because the way I seen it was I either take these meds and don't figure it out. Well, I either kill myself because because I can't cope, or I just get through it. <laughs> right. And then I, yeah, that was the only option. I either I either figure this out or I kill myself. What? What? There's not. I wanted to kill myself anyway a lot of the time. So it, it we was a win win really. I was like, well, I may as well just
0: you, yeah. You pretty much felt like I had I have nothing to lose. Anyways. Yeah, I've got nothing
1: to lose. So what's this going to do? What? Well, how can this? How can this possibly make anything any worse? So um, I don't know if you know much about trips and stuff, but they say sets, uh, setting, setting, and place, and people that you're with is very important.
0: Right. Yeah. The app, the atmosphere, the environment yeah. has a lot to do
1: with it. Well, the first time I did it, well, well, the only time I did it actually, I only did it once. That's all it took. It took. one. Now we're get-
0: talking. We're talking shrooms, right? Or now, no, you said LSD. LSD. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and we was in these woods about. Phew, Forty minute away from home, and I was lying to my partner at the time because she was very anti-drug as well. So I wasn't going to tell her I was doing it because she was already concerned about me. Did anyway. you tell
0: her I- I'm going to go on a
1: retreat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even tell her. I just said, "Me and the boys, we're going, we're going camping. Just a few drinks, few smokes, like we're just okay. going to chill." But, but my intention was to go and take LSD, and we was quite a way away. And I took this, I took this tab, and. I had I had no idea what to expect. They all warned me as well. They said, "Don't take the full thing because it's your first time." You don't. I said, "You kidding?" It says, "If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> That's mm-hmm. just the way just the way I was. <laughs> I, I had no cares. I had no cares. I was borderline. All in, and, huh? Yeah, no- I was. <laughs> I was all just in. Jump so I, right just, in. so I just took it. It um, started off well. Started off alright until it got weird, and um, then my friend said to me, "He says he just looked at me and he says." Something don't feel right. And that's all it took. That's all it took. And then it started getting spooky. So I was, um, and we were sat together and I noticed that the music just kept looping over and over again. There was just one part of the song that just kept playing over and over again. I thought, am I the only one hearing this? Like, this is weird. And you start to forget. I kept trying to remind myself, oh, I've took this drug and that's why I'm feeling this way. But over time, you forget, you start to just believe that that's your new way of living that's your new reality that you're living in that's how powerful it is um and then i locked myself i went I thought right I'm gonna have to get in the tent I'm gonna have to give myself a minute because <laughs> it started getting spooky so i'd locked I'd, I'd zip the tent up fell into the airbed like just dropped down into the airbed but then i got stuck i got stuck in what they call loops so on on psychedelics you can get caught in what's called loops so it's the same moment happening over and over again. And you're living through it as if it's happening over and over and over again. And I kept, I got stuck zipping this tent up and falling into the airbed. zipping the tent up, falling into the airbed. And this happened about 40 times. And I could, I could not stop this one event from happening. And then it took a real dark turn because then I could start hearing voices like floating around the tent saying, right, let's kill him now. Let's kill him now. Like I right, get ready. We're going to get him in a minute. And I was like, whoa, now this is getting real. Cause then I thought I was in a place where I could die right now. My mind, had, cause my mind was obviously so warped anyway. And it was so twisted from the darkness that it it believed, I believed fully that I was about to die in that moment.
0: Now you you said you were hearing the voices or this was in your mind plane?
1: Well, th- this is obviously my mind. Yeah, the, obviously at the time, but it felt, but it was audible. It sounds yeah. At the time, I thought that's what was actually happening, not that the fact that I was on a trip, and um, right, right. And the the voices were just floating around, telling me about we're gonna kill him now, we're gonna kill him now. And I thought it was all my friends plotting to kill me. So I thought all my oh, all my man. friends were plotting on killing on me. I'm in the middle of these woods. My missus does not know I'm even here. She does, and I was like, I'm in a bad situation right now. Like I'm far away from civilization. Like, I'm in a bad spot. Um, and then the next second, I turn around and my friend's just there in the tent with me. And I didn't even hear him get in. And bear in mind what I was just going, I just screamed, just screamed, which made him scream because he was tripping as well. Oh, it was wild. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, and and then it just started taking a real turn. My my, my I think all the pain that was hidden and suppressed in me was able that night to come come out it was like it was like a an experience which was tailored to fit the pain that i felt if that makes sense um i think i think that's what happens with trips it it makes a visual out of Mm -hmm. the feelings which 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 aren't visual Mm. it gives you like a a scene which can express that way that you feel inside and that's why I think a lot of people that do trips, I actually find that it's very therapeutic because it's bringing these unconscious feelings to light, but just in a way that you don't understand. And that's why even even now, like that was years ago that that happened to me. And even now I still have little mini realizations about it. I was like, oh, that's what it was. Rep- that's what that cloud was representing. It was representing the darkness that was, and even like some, t- even years later today, that trip still has immense impact on me as terrifying as it were. Yeah. Um, but they, by the end of it, I think I went into like full-on psychosis because my, my, my missus ended up getting there eventually, realized how much I actually appreciated her. Um, and then by the end of the night, I'd completely forgot who I were. I didn't know who I was. My, it's like my head just exploded by the end of the night. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who my partner, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know the room I was in i had, that my my identity was completely wiped and that was my mind's way of coping with the immense amount of stress that it was under yeah, it had to just sort of just, poof, just wipe clean and that's what it felt like and from that day that's when the recovery started wow that was that was your that was your moment that was the moment yeah it was like a reset and I understood that night how much pain the mind can go through, and the power of the That's mind. That's powerful. Yeah, it was a visual representation of the pain that I'd felt for all these years, and it's it still took a few years after. I'm, I mean, I'm still healing now. I think we're always healing, right? Um, but that was a very pivotal
0: everything that you went through. Not to cut you off, but e- everything that you went through. There's no way you can. You not even. It's gonna take as long as the trauma lasted and you had to endure that it, it, even two years, three years, like you said, it's going to be an ongoing process. But the point is that yeah. um, you're taking the necessary steps to continue with that healing.
1: Yeah. And it was it was that night that really opened my mind up to the possibility of what's, what the mind's capable of. Because before then I was quite closed-minded. And from that day, I was like, there's so much more there's so much more to the life, to life and the mind. And it's shown me that as, as well, that suffering is really just your mind. It's that it's a playback of loops of thoughts. That's what the loops represented to me. Then the, the negative, mm, what, re- yeah, what they represent. That's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. They represent things that, that can't quite be conveyed into words, but what it was showing me that you can get stuck in negative thought loops. And if you don't get off the loop, you're going to keep spiraling and spiraling and the quicker the wheel's going to go and the the thoughts are going to get more and more intense and they're going to get darker and darker and you're going to believe them more and more. It's going to keep spinning and spinning. That's what it felt like. And that's what it showed me that if you don't get off this train of thoughts that you will spiral and go with them.
0: Wow. Yeah. that That's powerful right there. The loop is representing how a lot of us are, we're we're uh, we're prisoners yeah. of our own mind. You know, we're yeah. and, and it could be a lot of times, not it's it's going to be for the worse and and not not everybody, but I mean the people that are dealing with trauma, especially like you're you're replaying these things that you, whether it's not forgiving, whether it's not um just coming to to terms with it or whatever yeah. it is, but you're stuck on that that like you said that loop, and it's constantly playing in your mind and it's eating you up inside and there can never be any progress or growth or healing or recovery if that is the that if that's your program replaying over and over
1: again and if you're not willing to say i am sick like i am sick and tired that's what point i had to get to i had to get to the point of nearly killing myself to sit there and go i can't do this i just can't do it there's got to be a way out of it there's just there's no way that i can't that my mind's just going to keep running like this if it's going to keep going like this what is the point point? and that's what i think a lot of people feel and a lot of people think that there's no way out but if the mind can be programmed to feel those negative thought loops then surely we can program the mind to think positively that's the way i've seen it that's the way i understood it so if it can get itself into a negative thought loop why not at least try getting to get into a positive thought loop let's let's try Let's try filling the mind with some kind of information that's beneficial to it, rather than ruminating over these things that that I can't change. I can't change them. I can't. I can't go back and say I don't want that to happen anymore. No, it's happened, and that's what I've, and that's what's imprinted in my mind. So I've, I can either learn from it or get tortured by it. Yeah. Which it, so it was up. To, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I that's... I can even take it and learn. Take take away what I learned from it, and that is putting that kind of pain on people is just not right. It's not right. That's some heavy stuff
0: right there. It right after well, not right
1: after, but after that
0: trip, did you I know you said that was a turning point, did you start making you you started to look towards now how can I continue with this and and...
1: Yeah. So the most powerful thing was the point where I forgot who I was, right? Because in that moment that you said psychosis. Yeah, I had no identity. It, I, I, don't, I don't know if it actually was but from what i've read it's very close and but it it all come to an end it all come to an end in a second that's what I, I seen all this pain and all this suffering can come to an end in an instant and in that instant that the pain come to an end what happened is i lost my identity and that stuck with me for a while because i was like even though i could even though my identity was gone i was still there and in that moment, when the identity gone, that's when peace arrived. It was like, it like it just, it like it all just got washed away. As simple as it is, it's as simple as that. It just like went, and it could, it could, it could, all be, it could all be let go of. And then I really started to think, well, what is identity? What really is identity? It's the, it's the thoughts and feelings which we identify ourselves with. So when we say things like. I got really heavy into philosophy and religion, mm-hmm. not, not in a sense of, I wanted to believe in a God, but I needed to understand, like, I started to see the correlation between Buddhism and Hinduism and then Christianity. Yeah. And then yeah, I started seeing that now oh, they're all actually talking about the same thing. Exactly. It's just the only different thing. Cultures the only thing different cultures are saying it in
0: a different way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's just different. Yeah. that that's exactly it. They've got different languages on, depending on where they are. Like in, Some are using names and some like, are
0: using symbols and yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And in Eastern Eastern traditions, they don't have a word for what we call ego. That's a Western term. So they don't, they don't refer to an ego, <laughs> but us in the West, we, we all talk about, Oh, the ego is the collection of the thoughts and feelings, which we believe ourselves to be yet. Over in the East, they don't believe that even exists. Hmm. And then you get things like Buddhism and um, Advaita Vedanta. And what they're saying is that there is no individual. The individual which believe ourselves to be is a collection of thoughts and feelings, which we then believe ourselves to be. And when we believe ourselves to be those thoughts and feelings, and we convince ourselves that that's what we are, we're going to feel in line with what those thoughts and feelings say. So if you if you've got thoughts that if you've got thoughts that say oh I'm depressed I'm anxious I'm this I'm not worthy I'm I'm horrible I'm this and that and you believe it then you're gonna start feeling it like you are it's it's quite simple when I when I really looked at it eventually um, and then you create you pretty much create that reality yeah you, that's that is that is you creating your own reality like everyone everyone sees like everyone sees a different world. I don't believe that there's a a good teaching that says um, there's one consciousness, but there's 7 billion worlds. Yeah. And by that, that, however many people there is on the earth, that's how many different worlds there are because we've all got our own interpretations, our, our own experiences, our own events that we went through that shape what we call the world and our views on the world. So not everyone's world is the same exactly so you you are quite literally creating that world with the thoughts and beliefs that you have about that world and if you go out there and your inner inner feelings are telling you that it's horrible it's depressing it's it's sad it's it's then that's all you're going to see in the world the world is a reflection of your inner mind Mm -hmm. what you see in the world is a reflection of what you feel inside and that's one thing i've learned experientially When I was in that depressed state, um, all I seen was doom and gloom. Meditation, started that over time, started to observe my thoughts and feelings rather than become them. I started to actually become an observer of them. I realized that if I can observe my thoughts, then surely they're not essential to me because they come and they go. All thoughts come and go, so they're not essential to you. They're not the absolute truth really, are they? They don't define you because... One day you can have a thought that's depression, but the next day you can have a thought that's happy. So which one's real? Do you know what I mean? Each one's telling a different story and that that story is is depending on how you feel. So that, that one thought can dictate your emotions, even though it comes and goes. But the one that knows the thoughts does not come and go. It's aware of both thoughts. So, one, so I, it's still the same me, but this day, I'm having a depressed thought, so I'm depressed, and then the day after, I'm having a happy thought, so I'm happy, and I realize that the observer is con- is continuous between each thought. So who I really am is not dependent on thoughts and feelings.
0: That that reminds me of it. There was a a saying, and maybe I'm, I know I'm going to say it wrong, but it's something to do. This this has to do with thoughts, and it's have pretty much saying that your your thoughts they're passers by but it's up to you whether or not you want to invite them in and have tea with them. You know, like you said, they
1: come and go. Yeah. So true. So true. And it's not, it's not to deny thoughts, like some thoughts are nice to have. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's there and you want to engage with it, enjoy the ride. But if it's a thought and you can, once you get, once you get used to observing your thoughts and you start to identify when the old triggers come up, you start to identify when the, when the cycle comes up. So sometimes I might notice that even though I'm, I'm happy, I still might notice a depressed thought come up. But does that, but now that depressed thought does not take me down. Like I don't have to get on that. I can just see it as, oh, here's another thought passing up based on my experiences that I've been through. So this is going to be part of my subconscious, but it's okay because now I understand that that's not ultimately what I am and I don't have to ride that. I can let that yes. pass. Yes. It doesn't have to affect me anymore. And you become, you develop like the way I see it is like you you build a you build a stable sense of self in in what what's true, and then you start to identify what what's false, what comes, what goes. Because anything that comes and go, anything that comes and goes, can't ultimately be real, ultimately real because right it comes and it goes you know i mean it's not it's not permanent if we had a permanent thought then that would be real thought but there's no thought that's permanent we have ten thousand thoughts a day how can we say that any of them are ultimately real so
0: meditation meditation was a big thing for you then were you doing that (laughs) did you did you make it a point to practice that daily when you when you got into
1: meditation um well to begin with yeah to begin with i started getting into like the philosophy and the Research, not even okay. so much practice I was just doing research about the way they understood things yeah I was like researching um, the understandings that they was trying to why, why are they prescribing meditation like imagine prescribing yeah. it is like <laughs> a, is like a medicine like like I was like why are they prescribing medicine and this does this doctor's prescribing me pills right so let me look at what that prescription meditation ha- actually has an effect on and what I learned is that Meditation is actually the key to a long-term sustainable happiness. Whereas the pills was dependent on me taking them every day. Uh, not really fulfilling me, not really making me happy, not really making me face my problems, just blocking my problems. And I thought, well, I know which one I'd rather try. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, and probably
0: had a few side effects to go, yeah, th- to go along. A,
1: yeah, and even meditation has side effects. It affects every aspect of your life once you really get it and you really understand what it's about, um, a lot of people see meditation as, I used to be the same way. I was like, how could that possibly help me get out of this feeling that I'm in? Like, that's what I used to think about meditation. And now like after doing it for a long time, um, now it's like, there's nothing else I'd rather, there's no, no, no other method I'd rather use. There's no other. How
0: did you start off with, did you start off real slow? Like, five minutes, 10 minutes, and then you slowly build up or how, how did your practice? Um,
1: evolve? I, didn't, I didn't really even have a frequent practice to be honest. Um, I just went really deep when I did do it. Um, so I'd listen to, you know, you can get, you can get like guided meditations on YouTube and stuff. I yeah, was more yeah. into Spotify. The, um, I, yeah.
0: Listen to those also.
1: Um, find, just find something that works for you. For me, I was, I, I, I was always into the deep aspects of things, so. Just like I like I like to understand the deep elements of Buddhism. What are the what are the core teachings? What meditations are there that are about the core teachings of what Buddhism represents? So I, I used to get into that kind of stuff. Um I've meditated okay. on um Zen Buddhism, um Advaita, Christian, there's loads, there's loads of different types. Um, you have just the mindfulness
0: what, even like the where, where you're just you're being mindful of when you're walking yeah of w- whatever it is that you're doing whether it be eating yeah. walking sitting you know because a, a lot of times whatever it is we're doing we're doing that one thing but our mind is on so yeah. many other things you're not even focused or, or in that moment and even yeah. that kind of thing it has showed well, that the,
1: that can be helpful yeah that's very deep what you've just said because That's one thing that comes with meditation over time. So to begin with, people see it as something that you do. But over time, meditation becomes what you are, not what you do. So like meditation Uh starts to seep. It starts to seep into your everyday life. Like you were just saying, I could be washing the pots, but in a state of meditation. I could be cooking dinner in a state of meditation. I could be working in a state of meditation. I could be having stressful thoughts in a state of meditation. And it's that grounding in what meditation represents. Meditation represents, like, what what's the whole point of mindfulness? It's to be aware of what's going on. And are we not always aware? You have to be, otherwise you wouldn't know anything. Yes. We are always that presence of awareness. And that presence of awareness is always there, but the things that it's aware of change.
0: What do you think is a, a big hindrance or something that really keeps people from being more mindful. But I know, I know one, um, j- there, we have a lot of distractions. <laughs> There's so many distractions. Yeah, these days. a
1: lot, a lot. Um, one of the main hindrances people think that, Oh, if I'm, if I'm meditating, I shouldn't have any thoughts. Um, and if they think that if they've got thoughts going through the head, they're not meditating properly. It does. Meditation does not mean having no thoughts. Meditation simply means to be aware of what is going on. And so uh, it's just to be aware of your thoughts, not involved in the thoughts. Just if you're meditating and you've got thoughts, that's actually a good sign because you're, you're providing an open space for these thoughts to appear. And a lot of people say when they start meditating, they start getting anxious or they start getting these intense emotions. That's a good sign because actually what you're doing is you're allowing the space for these to arise. These have clearly been buried in you for a while and you've never given them the space to come up. But when you sit and you meditate and you give them the space, then all of a sudden that these deep feelings and deep thoughts start coming up in order for you to process it. Cause you're allowing it the space. Whereas before you'd probably just deny it with another thought.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Was that, was that meditation? Like the main, the main component for you, with um starting to like un- to deal and sort out with a lot of the trauma that you you've had to deal with yeah
1: so there, there was another very um intense moment and it does sound <laughs> it's going to sound wacky to be honest oh the wacky it might the sound woo woo <laughs> it it might sound woo woo to some people but um as a kid um I didn't mention it before but I was very um I don't know if it was some kind of way of my mind coping or I was blessed with this in order to get through what I went through. But I used to see spirit a lot when I was a child. And I'd, it could have just been, as a kid, like you don't think about it that way. Like I used to see like, I used to see people and talk to people. I used to talk to relatives that were, that were past. And I, I this when I was about three or four, I was like talking to uh, my great nonna. I didn't know who she was. I thought she was just actually in my room at the time. I thought I was just talking to this lady and then, my mum come up the stairs, she said, Who oh, are you talking to? us? I said, I'm talking to Nana." Oh wow. Talking to my Nana. She sat there. She's like she's like, There's no one there. I said, well, well, there is. And um I went we went to my Nana's actually after that. And it was her mum that had passed before she passed giving birth to to her. So I'd never even met her in my life when I was sat talking to her. Wow. So but that stopped when I got to about ten year old. it, it all just sort of stopped and it never happened again. So But then when after that trip and I really started getting into meditation and understanding that there is a way out of this, there is a way out of the suffering mind. Um, I got really into it. I got really, Buddhism was one of the main ones I was invested in because they're very clear cut. They're very straight to the point. Um, So you've probably heard of enlightenment, right? oh yeah mm-hmm. so I, be- I become obsessed with that that was something new for my mind to focus on I used to be very, I'm quite obsessive when I find something that I want to figure out I will obsess <laughs> over it I will yeah, get into it until the I same figure way. it yeah, I'm like I've got to figure this out I know they say that it can't be figured out but there's got to be a way, I'm going to figure it out <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I got really deep into it. I was reading everything, I was practicing everything. And
0: even if I can't figure it out, I'm going to figure out
1: that I can't figure <laughs> <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's very true. So I become obsessed with it. And I remember one night I was sat, I was just sat in the garden and I was like, "You know what? I give up. I give up with this enlightenment. I'm not ne- I'm not going to enlightenment's going to have to happen to me. I can't I can't chase it." And in that very moment of giving it up, I promise you not. In that moment, that I said to myself, "I give up trying to get it." My whole body started radiating with like ecstasy. I could feel every cell in my body start to to come alive. And I was looking at things, and I was not seeing an objective world. I was seeing the self. I was seeing self. Everything was self. Everything was a reflection of me. I was looking up at the stars, and I was looking at me. I looked at a bush, and that was me, the self. And this. I was overcome by this, just this radiance. I felt like I died. I felt like I'd completely vanished, similar to the LSD trip at the end. But this time it was added with an element of pure peace, pure happiness and pure contentment and a love that I could never describe. And I was completely absorbed in this, what I can only describe as God presence. I'm not saying God in, I'm not saying God in as a as a man, or God is mm-hmm. a, a figure, but God is consciousness. Like energy,
0: that's yeah. Right? God
1: yeah, it's like God is a is is a like you saying, like an energy. It's a con it's a consciousness, if if we want to be more accurate, or awareness. Awareness itself is God. It's the that's what allows anything to be present. It's the presence, it's it's finer than fine.
0: When you had this
1: when you had this
0: uh, experience, was this um had there already been time a time where you, you developed your your meditation and was this like some years afterwards or when, when did this happen exactly?
1: It, it was about a year after. So when I really started to take it seriously and try to understand it and I really wanted to actually fix my mind, if that makes sense. I really wanted to be done with the suffering because I knew there was, there was a way out. Um, and then I, like I said, I got obsessed with it. and But it wasn't until I gave up And what I learned from that is that giving up letting go of the pain is the joy we can let go. Mm. And that's what I learned that. That's what that taught me that in the process of letting go is actually the process of becoming free. And that's what that freedom, that's what that experience represented. The freedom is in letting go. So I let go. Um, I had this amazing experience. It was beautiful. Um, euphoric huh oh it was beautiful it was the most there's nothing in my life there's nothing that can compare to that it's really just a, a staple point and it's a constant reminder i can never forget it. it's a constant reminder of what happiness is and that's it is. what were you doing or where, where were it was it just something that came out of the blue just wham it, it come out it come out of nowhere I, it would it come out i nowhere i, I were not even practicing it was just because i'd let go and um, because i i would like i was saying i was obsessed with enlightenment and, but i was getting frustrated that i couldn't I'm like, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. <laughs> what these guys are talking about, what these guys are talking about, it's not happening. And then in the process of letting it go because it didn't happen, it happened, <laughs> which was powerful. It was like, it was honestly, it was, it was amazing. Um, and that was a very defining moment. And it, it also was bizarre. So I was, just, I was just in this spaceless, timeless place. There was no space, no time, only the self, consciousness, God which all of us are, not just me. All of us are, are that. We're all an aspect of it. And, um, and I was given a choice. I can spend, I can, mm-hmm. I can stay in eternity because I'd already had my first child by then. And it was, I can stay in eternity or I can come back knowing what I know now and live life fully. And not only live life fully, I can bring this understanding that I now have, this love and this joy and this happiness, which is within all of us, I can come back and share that with the world. Now knowing that, and that's what if I—I don't know if there was a near-death experience there or what. I don't know if I had a stroke, or something. I don't know, but it was just strange that I was given the choice as well that I can leave, yes, and stay. Well, not leave, but I can just stay in this eternal light, or I can come back and live life because I know that that's what's there after. I know what's that's what's there at all times. So I, I decided, well, I'm going to come back, and in that split second, I come back. I just completely like materialized again, essentially, like just come back to my senses. and I felt I was just back in the world and then everything, like just a blade of grass. I could see it, the truth was in a blade of grass. The truth was in, it's in everything. It's what everything's made of. And then I was just in tears. I was crying for hours after because I'd never felt happiness like that, if that makes sense. Bear in mind on what I'd gone through. I'd never knew what, I never knew that that was possible. I didn't know that that kind of happiness and love and peace was attainable, and what I realized is that after all these years, it was always within me. Yes, yes, it was always right there. Yeah, we're always right there,
0: man. How how old were you when when this happened?
1: About twenty two. Oh wow! I, but I'd grown up fast as well. Yeah, remember. I'd, I'd, yes. I'd 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 skipped some years. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it
1: it sounds like you didn't even really have a childhood. No, I didn't. It, it, it's what do they say? It's not. It's not the year it was made; it's the miles on the clock.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: I, That's right. I'd got some miles on the clock mentally by then. Exp- well, mental experience by then. Um, I'd done. I'd done. I'd done most stuff. Adults had gone through by the time I was sixteen. I'd done it. I'd done most of it. Like I'd, I knew that none of these things could even satisfy me. Happy. Ha- and this wise.
0: experience right here. This was without. This was without a pill. This was all a natural. It just happened spontaneously. Euphoric. Yeah. Spontaneous experience. Holistic. Um, if that's the right word.
1: Yeah. Um, very natural. Um, and even to
0: this day, you can still, it it seems, and it sounds like you can still go back to that moment. Like it's still, yeah. it, it. you can relive it almost.
1: Yeah. Because now I know that that's where I permanently am. Um, I live, I live in that place. I might not always see it, um, so like like I was saying, what that represented is that it's not that there's anything better after, or it's not like, like a lot of people think, oh, um, if I kill myself, it'll be better. No, because that what you're looking for doesn't, you don't need to die in order to realize that. You don't need to die in order to realize that happiness, happiness and peace is right here, right now. It's found in your being, it's found in your awareness because um, let, me, let let I'll do it I'll do it in a little example that like people can go along with it as well if they want to own
0: yeah uh, please what
1: a thought experiment for you to try if you want so right what I want you to do is close your eyes and imagine an empty space yeah
0: yeah I'm with you
1: now it, now imagine this aware now imagine this space is an aware space so anything that's in the space here, it's, it's an aware space. It's just an empty, aware space. Yeah? Yeah. And then remove space. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel? How do you feel now? There's peace and there's happiness and there's everything you ever look for, just right there. You just have to bring your mind to an end. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple that simple.
0: And that's the thing about it. Even with meditation, mindfulness, these kind of things, if we can put a few minutes aside for this, but then it's, it's just the fact like it's the doing part of it. I mean, we, we can uh, spend, spend time doing this. We can uh, spend all day doing that. A lot of it can be just, um, just to kind of kill the boredom but something like this, just a few minutes, just take yeah. a few minutes out the day to do that. And then like you said, you, you develop it, whether it's a daily practice, but you build off of that. Yeah. And these are, these are, um, these are things that, that can help someone who's dealing with trauma and they're dealing with their own issues.
1: Yeah. And I think um, it's not a matter of, so a lot of people think that you've got to put the hours in in meditation to reap the benefits of it. Well, yeah Mm -hmm. in in a way right the the practice of meditation is an aid it's a tool because the real the real the real peace and the real happiness and the real joy comes not through practice but through recognition so it's not to it's not to intellectually remember these practices but it's when it's when the practices have been recognized fundamentally in your mind as the nature of how you are so like I was just saying, that little practice of awareness and aware space, if you if you recognize that, wait, I'm actually, I'm aware all the time, anything I do, I'm aware, whether I'm thinking or I'm feeling, whether there's a negative thought or a negative emotion, I'm still aware of them. So awareness is the constant factor and recognizing that awareness is actually your natural state of being and what does not, na- and what does awareness come with it comes with the qualities of peace and happiness so therefore we are peace and happiness it's a recognition more than it is a practice that's when it's that's when you'll start to live from that place not just visit it it becomes your home yes yes and and that's why that's why in um like in buddhism they go oh it's home
0: aha that's where it comes from (laughs) yeah it's home it's not just yeah. a noise to be saying it but it actually means something there's a reason for it and it's
1: yeah and it's taking you back there and that and uh, it's it's grounding a yourself yeah and it is a powerful a very powerful practice which i'd recommend for anyone that's struggling with trauma and this is the way i deal, dealt with it i've got either backlog of trauma to deal with <laughs> so what so when when a, a painful thought or a painful emotion, because not everyone's going to be able to just separate themselves from it straight away, you're still going to get. Some people are still going to get lost in it for some time. It might not happen straight away, but the important thing is when when you start to notice, when you notice that the thoughts and the emotions come up and the triggers come up, before you get lost in it, just just take a second to remember, this is a thought, this is a feeling. I'm aware of this thought and feeling ground yourself every time that this happens because what you're going to do is you're going to break down the normal structures of your mind and the normal patterns that usually happen because your mind's a pattern isn't it it comes in waves and patterns and this thought will lead to this thought typically and we go down this but if we stop it in its tracks right the moment that it pops up and then we replace that with peace we we replace that with a an, an aware sense of being an awareness of these thoughts we're actually breaking down the structures of the the old habits and the old thought routines and over time they'll just stop popping up as much do you know what i'm saying you'll break them down to the point that they don't really happen anymore because you're not you're not the mind's not going to keep doing what you're not allowing it to do yes if you're yes. shutting it down every time that it pops up it's not going to try as hard to keep popping up it's going to think well it's going to realize that oh well this is pointless no more because it's not it's no longer having a purpose but while ever you're giving it life and you're giving it the the power to overcome you, it's going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, that's a constant battle. Now, this is something that you've you that that has really helped you, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's drastically improved my mental well being. Not just mental well being, just fulfillment. You know, when I I come to peace, when I really come to peace, and I really found that that anchor and that place that I knew that I could rely on. And I knew where to go for my happiness and my peace. That's when I could forgive everyone. That's when I could forgive even the person that put me through all of this. Because I recognize that he's just acting on his own pain. In order to deal pain to people, you've had to have, you've had to have gone through pain yourself. You, just, you don't just do it for no reason. If you, you can only deal as much pain as you've been through. So for him to do this on a constant level, he's got to have been dealing with his own pain as well. And he went through a similar thing. So he's got his demons. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we, we've all got these things going on and we don't real, we don't always realize that what we do hurts other and it's people. And
0: some, some people never get around to sorting it out.
1: Yeah. The only person you should be concerned with helping heal is yourself. Because once exactly. you heal yourself, then you can help everyone else. You can't help anyone else if you've not helped yourself first. Yeah, so true. Doesn't work. Because what the advice you're giving is not coming from a place of do you know what I mean? You, you're not even embodying it yourself, so how can that message you even convey? True. You know what I'm saying, like you, yeah, exactly. So first, help yourself in order to help others. That's the only way you can do it.
0: Yeah, you've got to. You you have to have your own your own household sorted out first. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you um do you still keep in in good contact with your your mother? And I don't know if she's still involved with.
1: Uh, no, they. No, they split up when um, I was about eleven or twelve. But they were still—it was still ongoing. It didn't—it didn't necessarily stop when they split up because it was all—it was like they weren't actually together. We weren't living in the same house anymore. But there were still events happening, and there were still things going off. But um, yeah, my mum's found a good partner now. It's Took her some years, yeah. but she's found someone good That's now. Good and um, he's very connected as well. He's—he's he's very much into this kind of stuff as well. He—he he understands a lot about dealing with trauma and pain and now my mum's finally got someone that will treat her the, the way she needs to and she's even like I say we never finished we never done healing like she's in, in she's she's in her 40s now oh, and no. she's still healing herself but she said she did say to me that I've taught her a lot about healing because she she didn't understand a lot of how that affected me as a kid because she remember she was on the the end of receiving that do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not going to be thinking about the way it's impacting the kids when you're just trying to survive yourself. Yeah, I mean, and she was still a kid. So it was a big shock. It was a big shock for her. Yeah. So she's still living. Like, oh, that's some.
0: And and that goes to show like the power of when when you when you come to to grips with looking inward and 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 working out your own demons and how it can spill over and and affect and touch somebody else. Like you say, for one, your, your mother, she, she sees the example in you. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's powerful in itself and not just your mother, but I'm sure like the people around you. Um, And I know you, you mentioned this was offline that you plan in the future to, to uh, put a a class together or you had something in mind. Yeah. um, So it's
1: it's for a while I've tried to I've really tried to figure out how can I best best help people how can I best give people this message um, and it's it's been hard it's hard because like I say even though even though I've found that peace and that happiness there's still elements of my development that that's um, what's it called like self esteem like being confident in the world uh, going out there and just doing things like that not all those things still come naturally. Yeah, not all of those things come natural to me still. Yet I'm still like I'm doing this now. This is like the start. Um, I've been on a couple of podcasts, not many, but I feel like I'm only just starting to get out there and really mm-hmm. spread spread my message and my story. And uh, but I am looking to start meditation classes and not just meditation classes, but maybe just even talks because um, because like I was saying, it's not just about the meditation. It's the understanding. It's recognition it's like you got if you understand you don't you could if you can understand your mind and what its functions are it's a lot easier to work with it if that makes sense
0: yeah no exactly
1: 100% if you if you understand the cycles and you understand the way that the mind moves you understand its complexity but ultimately you understand that your thoughts and your feelings and all these things these are things that you are witnessing they're not you you can become them if you become obsessed with them but if you learn that you can step back from them and witness them, then you can start to understand how they work. Because while you're involved in them, you can't you can't look at them objectively because you're too involved. But if you understand how they work and you understand that the functions of the mind and the, the processes, then then you can actually start to understand the way it moves and then you start to feel the benefits of that new place that you're sitting in.
0: Yeah, I, I know for a fact just from hearing your story and your words and all of your insight and your philosophy on things and whichever route you do choose to go that that a lot of people are gonna um find it useful and helpful. I'm sure that there's there's gonna be a lot of people that you can you can touch in a positive way when it comes to that yeah I, that's so that I appreciate would, it. however you yeah whatever avenue you choose to to pursue when it comes yeah. to that, that's it. And, and also I'm going to, you have a, you have a Facebook page, so I, I will leave the link to that.
1: Yeah. Um, I do make, um, and, and I do make, sorry. Um, I make like, uh, so I'll sometimes I have meditations and I, I write poetry after a lot of the stuff I write um, sort of poetic okay. because I find poetry best describes these states sometimes it's, it's because it's like, it's beyond words eventually like even all these even all these words i'm saying they can't directly point you to it, it well they, they yeah, can't it's hard yeah. to
0: color it the way that
1: yeah it's got to be something that you've got to see for yourself it's not about believing what i'm saying it's about taking what i'm saying experiencing yeah, and,
0: experiencing it yourself yeah
1: apply it to your life apply it in your own experience and see that it's possible then what i'm saying will make more sense
0: That's true. You've got, you've got to feel it on your own skin or you've, you've got to go through it. You had in mind with, with the meditation courses, would it be like an online thing that you had in mind? I mean, I know you're still trying to sort out everything, but did did you have
1: any ideas or? or... I I was thinking of starting uh, online first, maybe just starting an online class. And I want to make it affordable for everyone. um, Because I, 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 you know, at the same time, I think that you, obviously we need if to do these things full time and you want to help people full time you need to make a little bit of something but
0: right yeah just to keep I don't the lights on it.
1: So, <laughs> yeah yeah that's it and um and if it goes well and it spreads well then obviously to need more time to do that um I do write a lot of stuff I'm, de- I'm debating a book to be honest um
0: I think you have a book there I mean but it of course it's the writing part of it but as far as <laughs> it's sh- everything that I mean we we can't cover it all today yeah. but you 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 took us on a ride you really took us on a
1: ride Yeah there's a lot of elements to it there's a lot of things I've not said but I've tried to just talk about the the main things
0: I really appreciate the like I told you before just somebody wanting to share their 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 heart a piece of them and to be vulnerable I mean that takes courage that takes guts and there's a lot of people that can gravitate to it. There's a lot of people that that I'm sure it's going to resonate with. A lot of people are dealing with family trauma, with childhood trauma, and they are still dealing with it. Fifty years later, sixty years later, they haven't found that key that to to unlock and kind of help them get the healing, the recovering, and the support that they need. And you, it seems like yeah. you're on
1: you're on the right
0: path. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the the thing as well, I what's so sad to see is imagine I couldn't imagine going through my whole life, having never, having never realized the very, the simplicity of it all. Um, I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. They think that they're overcomplicate. Yeah. They think that it's a massive process in order to deal with these things. It's not, it's very simple. Sit with yourself and I'm not saying don't like because I, because I didn't take meds. I'm not saying don't take meds. Everyone's different. Um, it, it's necessary sometimes. It is necessary. It's necessary to have a therapist. Whatever works. But the main thing is is do what you need to do in order to help yourself, and then at the same time, just just sit with yourself and just see what what am I really, and remember that what the trip taught me. Who am I? That's a very important question. Because we all talk about this "I" that we are. I am. I am this. I am that. I am this. I am that. What does "I am" mean? What does it refer to? Before it is something. So before we say "I am happy," what or "I am sad"? What does the "I am" refer to?
0: Yeah, and a lot of times we're we're taking on the identity of what somebody else is giving us. It's not even necessarily who, like you said, it's it. Yeah. We haven't even took the time to get to know ourselves and to be alone with ourselves to know ourselves we're always going we're going by what somebody our neighbor has said our partner is saying and and these are all these things we're taking on and we're we're putting on our shoulders and that doesn't necessarily mean it's
1: who you truly are yep and that's the biggest thing i want people to understand this is first understand who you are understand what your nature is understand what that i represents and once you understood that that all those things that you've been longing for all your life that feeling that you long for as a kid that when you was a kid that nostalgic feel why why was i so happy as a kid why was i so why why did i have no troubles that's because you had no identity yet yeah you didn't have you didn't have these mental beliefs and structures that I, I am this person. I have this particular story. And uh, in this story, I did a bad thing. So that means I represent a bad person and I'm going to carry this round with me. No, it's a thought and it's a belief. It's not It's not happening now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't represent who you are right now. Your identity can change every day <laughs> if you went with your thoughts and you, it's constantly changing. But we always say, I am. We all have that name. As one of my favorite teachers said, Rupert He says, I am is the is the street name for god huh <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> it's the common word for god
0: <laughs> and you and you hear it every day with, with everybody
1: <laughs> yep and we say and we say it every day we all say it but no one knows uh-huh, what it means right. <laughs> no one re- no one really no one really looks i always find that strange when i learned that like we wait we all do call ourselves i we all say i but we all claim to have but if I'm talking to you, I call you Richard, and you talk to me, I call you call me Jake. But when we refer to ourselves, we don't say Jake. We don't say we don't say I am Jake. We just say I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we all say it, and it's so simple. And that's what all the great religions say. That's what all the spiritual texts are saying. That's what they're all. Look at what Jesus says. I am the way. I am the way, the truth, not, and the life. And and it's not saying that. I am, I am Jesus Christ the way it's just what he's saying that I am is the truth. Yes. It's just what he's it's been. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's in, it's in all these great traditions and all these, all these, it's it's in all of it. It's just representing the same thing.
0: The realization, right.
1: Coming to a realization of the, the true essence of yeah. who you are. Yeah. And once you recognize the essence of who you are, you recognize the essence of the universe mm. because even if you look at it like even even if I sound spiritual like that sort of stuff even if we take it in a science context science say scientists say that the big bang was the start of everything so the big bang we're all a process of the big bang then yeah we're not individual parts we're all, we are still actually the process of the big bang we're, we all that we all are, we all are that same event yeah even yeah. in that sense science is saying we're all the same thing so whatever the universe is is what i am and whatever i am the universe is yeah, that's some profound stuff. It's it's hidden everywhere. It's not even hidden. It's in plain. It's in plain sight.
0: And it really it, it it goes back to how you brought up the point of where it would really benefit all of us, all of us, if we take time out of our day and just sit with ourselves. Yeah. And the sad thing is, a lot of us, and, and that's how we can we can find ourselves being distracted by so many things because there's a lot of people. And and maybe for good reason because like like you for instance you had a lot of trauma and and they they're afraid to be with themselves and their thoughts because they're just
1: tormented by it. Yeah, we're we're always running from something. So and then you I, you
0: you pick up the phone. Okay, what are they doing on here? Or, or you turn on the TV or you throw some music on whatever it is. Just get some noise yeah. and some distraction going on because you're tormented yeah. by it. and that and that comes down to the the point of. A lot of those things have not been resolved.
1: Yeah, and it's and the way I went about it was very much like, right? Let's take all this on. Let's go. Let's let's just face all of this. And it hasn't got to be that way. All it's got to be is pay. Just pay a loving. Just give these elements of yourself. Just a loving aware. Like be aware of them lovingly. Embrace them. Like because when you do that, you actually allow them to be healed. That is healing. When you allow the the negative thoughts and things to be there, and you give them that loving space, remember that space I was telling you about. Yeah. Let them let all these things arise in that loving space, and that actually gives them time that that allows them to be free. That actually lets them go. While ever you run from it, you're keeping it there, you're suppressing it. But if you give them that space to to arise and be processed, then then you can actually be free from it
0: there's some mindfulness um, talks where they say you're when, when you're doing that, when you're, you're being mindful, it's like you're coming from a place of non you're being non judgmental about anything, whether it's your thoughts, whatever it is, it, there's no right or there's no wrong. They just are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, in the, the, one of the practices that I love the most it's called this practice. What I'm talking about is actually a form of, it's called self inquiry.
0: Okay. Self inquiry.
1: And yeah, what, and what they, what they often refer to, you've heard of dualism, haven't you? Like yin, yang, have, yeah. up, down. Well, the self is actually non-dual. Mm-hmm. It's, neither up, it's neither up nor down. It's either, it's the, it's actually the thing that all of it arises in.
0: It is. Yeah, the it self, just is. The
1: self is the essence for the dualism to arise because all of it arises within you. So you are the, you are the background in which all these things can arise. So the self is non-dual.
0: Yes. This was a lot to unpack. I, I like, I like that this talk right here with you, Jake. Um, it had a lot of a lot of colors. There was a, a lot of good insight. It was enlightening. It was inspiring. There was a lot. A lot of good information. A lot a, a lot of good information. I really enjoyed it. This is something right up my alley too because I really am into philosophy. I'm into uh, spirituality. I mean, I'm not to say I'm the holiest of people, but I really, I love the ideas. I love, I was really uh, excited and, and interested to hear what you had to say. And, and that was just pretty much, it sounds like the tip
1: of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why we connected then.
0: <laughs> you already said a, a whole lot and you gave some good tips about uh being being mindful being being in the moment meditation how how good and helpful that was for you in dealing with your trauma and and even the point of taking time out of the day to spend with yourself get to know yourself was there any anything else that that you would want to leave something with for all the listeners
1: yeah if i was to if i was to try and sum it up um in in and that's what i do with my writings i try to sum up all of this stuff in just a few words um and one of them is uh, happiness is prior to experience happiness is not dependent upon experience the direct path to happiness is to know your nature who or what is aware of your life i am the either i am before i am something prior to experience of mind in the world that is beautiful that's a lot of uh, what my content is at the minute. Uh, I'm just putting out little short videos with uh, some of some of my writings, and I like I like to go out in nature and shoot footage as well. I like to get some nice videos and pictures and stuff, and I'm sort of just combining the two at the moment. And,
0: okay, so it's actually the photos and pictures that you took.
1: Yeah, yeah, out yeah. That and you all of them are put like, that with yeah, your writing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Just getting my own videos and my own, and then combining them with my own writing, and then just putting them out there. It's just something small to begin with. And then
0: that creative expression.
1: Yeah. I feel like I need an outlet. That's what it feels like. I, I, mm-hmm. It just seeps out of me sometimes and I need to put it somewhere.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, and it probably feels good, right? Once you, once you release it and let it go, yeah. it's like, Oh, that's my, that's my baby. That's like, a... <laughs> yeah.
1: well, well, it's weird because when, when I write, so I'll, I'll meditate and then write, but sometimes when I write, I don't feel like I'm actually writing. Um, and then the next day I look at it, it doesn't feel like I wrote it, but something was wrote through me. It was flowing through
0: you. You were, you were the, you were the vessel.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was the vessel in which that writing was written. (laughs) That's what it feels like sometimes.
0: I've heard people where they, they've got, they've gone through similar things. Even authors where they say a lot of times when they, they get in their place where they're, they're in that writing state. And they're like, I just put the, I put my hand to the to the pad and and the words just start coming out
1: yeah that's i think that's when you're that's that place that they're coming from and that place that they're writing from is the same place that people go to in meditation it's the same place that people go when they're doing something that they're a mastering because when you're a master of something then you don't try to do it anymore it just happens because you're just in the flow with it do you know what i mean
0: exactly just,
1: it's like a master nothing is something. forced yeah yeah when when you're in the flow, it's you're allowing it to happen as it should, and you're not trying to intervene or interfere with it, and then it can it can come out as it should.
0: Now, do you you mind you you mind sharing your Facebook page so if anybody wants to check out more of your writings and, and what you're doing, they can.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's called Discovering Peace. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, and I've started a TikTok as well.
0: Oh, okay. You're you're exploring uh, all avenues.
1: Yeah, because I find TikToks were pretty. As much as I don't really like using TikTok because I find that it's just so addictive that I don't really go on it too much. I just go on there to put my stuff on.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> you you hit it yeah. and then you get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I get on there, put my make my content, put it on and then I leave. Yeah, no,
0: you are smart. <laughs> but, you're smart. I could imagine. I, I don't have a TikTok, but but I I know I, even my Instagram I deactivated, but it and that was that was the reason for it because I could find yeah. my, you know, one after the other. And then you're just the scrolling, yeah, the, scrolling the scrolling, the scrolling. Yeah, They know what they're doing. They did that for a reason.
1: Yeah. Like that's why the TikTok style is now in Instagram and it's now on Facebook as well. Like, but it, as much as, as much as like that, as much as I don't like that style of content, like I do, because it's good at getting stuff out there. The algorithms yeah, exactly. are really good, but it's not good to be sat on it all the time like no. you can get real that's another example of a loop that we get stuck in that's just another form of the loop because you're not even watching the videos anymore you're just swiping like that's yeah all
0: you're doing. i I see people like that i'm I, if I'm waiting for the bus if I'm coming home from work or whatever it is even outside and or if I'm on the bus I'm on the train riding and then there's yeah. someone sitting next to me or or beside me, however, however the case is, but you can see them looking at the phone. And sometimes I'm just curious. I I look over to see what they're doing, yeah, and they're yeah. just—they're not even looking at the screen, yeah. but they're just <laughs> flicking it with their thumb, like they're looking around and they're looking out the window. What are you? And it's just out of habit now.
1: They're just... <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just another distraction. Like we're saying, it's another way of distracting us. I don't think we even mean to. We, no, we we're, we're surrounded by this technology, but it doesn't help. Like that's another part of the suppression i think that's why as well the the mental health crisis is huge at the moment because we've got all this technology and all it does is distract us even more yes. to what we were already avoiding
0: yes now that that's like the key is is really to i mean it can also be a good uh, a good tool like you say for instance yeah. or whoever is if someone's interested in uh, philosophy or or you want to learn how to yeah how to build a spaceship i don't know you can find it on youtube and, and you can figure these yeah, things yeah. out and watch videos but then at the same time there's that trap that you can find yourself and yeah. you can get you caught up and just filling your mind with junk and nothing yeah. but, well, but
1: it what i did with them um, with instagram and facebook and stuff is i unfollowed like loads of groups and loads of and i made sure that if i was going to spend time on these platforms that they're going to be based around things that are important to me, or they're going to remind me of these things that. So, like, I'll follow pages that specifically talk about the things that I'm into and the things that reinforce. Yes. Um, what it is I already do, so that way that yes, it's not healthy to be spending I don't know two hour on Facebook, but at least if I'm on Facebook, it's it's content that's reminding me of this thing that I'm already. You know what I'm right. trying to
0: say? Yeah, you're being um, mindful of what you're doing. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah even yeah mindful even while on facebook and stuff that's key that's key yeah be mindful of the stuff you consume because it will consume you otherwise
0: <laughs> yeah exactly everything and that i mean we're, we're tied up to that screen all day long like if we're, if we're not on the phone then then we're putting on the tv and if we're not watching the tv it's like so even if we can give ourselves yeah. a break like going back to what you were saying if you can spend a few minutes with yourself. I mean we have twenty four hours out the day. That that's not really asking much and, and even who knows, you know, not even who knows, but a lot no. of good can come from that.
1: Yeah. Well I, I was thinking of putting together a technique which is called the one minute piece technique because I was trying to find like how can I relate um how can I relate this practice with today's technology if that makes sense. And we're in a time where everything's fast paced and everything's so, like if you say to someone, "I'll sit for thirty minutes of meditation," that's just like no chance. I can't even sit and watch a video for. Th- that's off I can't reading, even watch yeah. a video for ten for ten minutes. Never mind sit with doing nothing for thirty minutes. <laughs> so I thought, right, the, well, the short content seems to work really well. So how can I produce a short meditation? And uh, I like combined a few different styles of meditation together, and uh, I call it the one minute the one minute meditation.
0: I like and that. I've, that has a good ring yeah, to it. I've,
1: you will think it's, it's it's a lot more appealing than saying 10 minute, 15 minute here, mm-hmm. because it doesn't need to be that long. It's just a, it's just a matter of going straight to the heart of the matter. And then going about your day from that place, like you put yourself in that place and you're giving yourself the best chance really.
0: Right. You're, you're starting off on the right foot.
1: Yeah. And, and then you
0: realize yeah. like, wow, this is something I actually enjoy. Now you give someone that, that door to get in with just one minute and then they might, to come come to the uh, realization yeah. like that I actually like this you know w- w- a minute
1: yeah. yeah when I first started five minutes used to feel like phew, I used to feel like forever yeah and then now I get to the point where I might listen to um just like a, a piece of writing like a particular piece of writing and it's used in a meditative sense and it might be like 30 minutes long and then because I get because I get that absorbed in the space though that even when the recording's finished, I don't even notice that it's finished. <laughs> and I'm like, and yeah, you know what I mean? i the listening The sun to went up and it came like,
0: back down. <laughs>
1: and I look at yeah, and I look back at my phone. I'm like, wow, another hour's passed. I've been sat there for wow. a whole hour. Did not even re, did not even realize because that place that, that is where else would you want to be than peace and happiness? And it, all it takes, to, yeah. you know What I mean, if it's yeah. right there, then there's no need to do anything else. Sometimes. And it's nice to spend time, just, you know what I mean? Just yeah, being that's strong stuff,
0: man. Jake, I, I I really, really enjoyed this talk. It was a lot, a, a lot of information, a lot of goods, a lot of nuggets of wisdom that came yeah. out of this, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you said that. Well, I did, I
1: appreciate you having me on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, of course. Um, I appreciate you said,
1: what you're doing for the community.
0: Thank, thank you, thank you. That means a lot.
1: Pain's definitely relative, like for me i went i went through these particular experiences and that was traumatic to me it doesn't mean that if my if your experience isn't as bad like if it isn't as extreme as that it doesn't mean it wasn't as painful everyone's pains equal essentially because it's what you make out of it but essentially it's the same ways out as well like for everyone
0: okay yeah so people can get in contact with you and then if if ever if ever anything comes of a, a meditation class or um, a group session and things like that, they also can can link up with you. And I, I know that's going to be helpful. That's going to be resourceful for for people that, that are interested in that.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate the shout.
0: All right, Jake, thank you so much for being being on the show and sharing your words. I really do appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me my hats
0: off to you bro because even through the trauma the suffering and all of that abuse you still found peace you found forgiveness in a way to let it go that's something that I think a lot of us to this day find challenging how to let go of that extra baggage we've kept and carried on from the past The abusive relationships, addictions, broken confidence, and all of the failures. For Jake, meditation was a powerful part of the process for him finding peace. The importance of disconnecting from all of that outside noise, the outside chatter, and then reconnecting back to himself. That I am... True essence, if you will. I really enjoy this perspective. Jake, you are a giant amongst us. This is one thing that I do appreciate about the show and about doing the show. It's the fact that after the conversation has been recorded, I get to hear it back and reflect. And I'm learning. I'm constantly learning with every go at it. To get in touch with Jake... You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. His handle is Discovering Peace. I'm going to leave a link to all of that in the description box. He has poetry on display, more of his thoughts. And like he said, he's looking to put together something nice for those interested in meditation. Shoot him a line to say, hey, if you enjoy this story and to connect and build with him, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Speaking of connect, if you'd like to share your story, or even the story of someone in your life that has impacted you in a positive way, you can always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. Thank you to everyone who's been involved in this show up until now. Mindy, Kyle, Aaron, Fry, and Today with Jake. We've got more to come and I'm looking forward to what's next in a quick shout out geographically to every continent every country city providence that's been tuned in i'm seeing mexico the philippines canada and all across the u.s germany vigets japan malaysia the UK, Australia, Belgium, and even parts of the Middle East. We're hitting every corner. Shoot me a direct line and tell me where you're listening from and on what platform it is. Let's spread the word and help it grow organically. Till next time. And very soon. Peace. do up do-up, do-up. I'm looking for a sign to know I'm on the right road. Ain't seen no sign.